This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy comic book podcast, episode number 21. That's my line. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Comic Book Podcast uh, for the Pick of the Week podcast of the week of uh, March 10th, 11th-ish. Um, <laughs> my name is Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. 
and Josh. And we have no script at all. None. <laughs> um, and we're from iFanboy.com, which is a great website that talks about comics, among other things. Um, and every week we take a look at all the comics that came out and pick our favorite and write a little review of it. And then here on the podcast we talk about it. Uh, it Josh was up this week, and um, let, I'll let him take it away. Um, my pick was Ultimate Spider-Man 91. And uh, it was without a lot of fanfare, I suppose. It's sort of a regular old a vanilla pick, if it is. But, like, you know how uh, you can go out and you can enjoy gourmet food or also, you know, things that are very different, but then really nothing is as good as a basic chocolate chip cookie? Sure. This is Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> um, because, you know, 91 issues in, every once in a while I do feel like I'm like, oh, maybe I feel like dropping it, and then, you know, it gets better again. Like, so I, I don't know why I keep, I keep thinking that all the time. But this was good sort of basic uh, comic booking, and it's it's just the kind of thing that we've come to expect from, from Bendis after all this time. And um, I didn't have a huge week. Like, there was nothing that blew me away or anything. But I really enjoyed this more than anything else because uh, what we've got is, like, a little young love sort of uh, romance between Kitty Pride, the ultimate – they're all the ultimate versions – Kitty Pride and, and Peter Parker – um, It'd be great if it wasn't the ultimate Kitty Pride, like the real Kitty Pride just came in. And she's like 20 years old. And there's a big triangle between Peter and the ultimate Kitty Pride and her. I'm sorry. All right, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, uh, and Kitty's got herself like a new costume, and that's who's on the cover. And people last last issue were like, is there a Spider-Girl in the Ultimate Universe? And there's not. It's just her. and Because she, she wants to be <laughs> so disappointed. There's not. It's just her. I'm a little sad. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and, uh, basically she came up with an alternate superhero ego so she could hang out with him because she's pub- she's a public figure, which I didn't know, um, because she's on the X-Men, but she doesn't hide her, 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 uh, the X-Men are identity. always public figures. Yeah, so, um... Well, not always. I mean, in, in the Ultimate Universe, they are. Right. Yeah. But her thought is that the real-life Kitty Pride should date the real-life uh, Peter Parker. So therefore, if Peter Parker, or if Spider-Man was seen with, with Kitty Pride fighting superheroes, people would draw the line as if they wouldn't anyway. Sure. Uh, so she's a new. She's got her new costume, and and because it's not like she changed her powers or anything. No, no, not really. It's just the same thing. It's like, it's kind of an ill-fated teen teen plot, I think. Actually, a little bit, but they're teens, and they're not known for making the best decisions. Yeah, true. Um, as I've alienated a part of our view, our listenership there. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> burn that bridge. Yeah, and, and, we were we were teens once making dumb decisions. It just comes into the territory. I I, yeah. I I'm not going to say that I stopped making dumb decisions. <laughs> it was I found that I really I was in my prime then. I learned how to make dumb decisions then. You know what I've, it is now? The more the more expensive decisions when you. Make I've them. honed it to a to a to a finer process. Um, but uh, you know, it was like just a really nice little like vignette between the two of them and. One of the things that I I think standed stood uh, standed oh Jesus uh, stood out to me the most. Speaking of team, <laughs> apparently I'm quite nervous. Um, yeah. One of the things that stood out to me the most was that he wrote uh, Kitty Pride in a really interesting way, and I found her to be completely unique from the characters that he's written before. He's completely she's completely unique from uh, Mary Jane or or from um, Gwen, like the Gwen Stacy character, and that like when she said. Uh, are you sure you want you, you want to tell Aunt May about you being a mutant? She just said no. Everyone knows I'm a mutant. Like that's her thing. Like she's she's empowering herself in the, the sense that she, everybody knows who she is. She's not hiding who she is. Um, right. And, yeah. 
and I find that very interesting. Um, but then, conversely, when she's she gets in the, the Blackbird or whatever they call it in this to, to fly back to the mansion, she's she berates herself for being so stupid for coming onto him too strong and ruining a good thing and everything. And it, and it it's just sort of like I think it showed that sort of teenage up and down emotional state that 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 can happen. She looks all sad all of a sudden from being very happy, which I think is somewhat authentic. Um, sure. And then at the end of the issue, there's this whole thing about. Uh, I guess the, the coming of Deadpool and and Ultimate Deadpool. I didn't care about that part so much, but <laughs> um, it, it's, well, considering that this arc is called Deadpool, you might want to you know adjust your. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I pay attention to what I want to pay attention to, and uh, that's all. It uh it I and I as I said in the pick of the week, uh, I don't really have anything to say about Bagley, but <laughs> um the very first page I thought was very good. It's like this big, full one-page thing, and Spider-Man's tied up in these rings from this really lame villain, which I thought was funny also, by the way. The, there's a villain, like the Ringer or something like that, and he's like some white villain who's, who's talking about how he's straight from Waldorf, Maryland. And that, I thought that was pretty cute. And that's about all. Not, also, not really, uh, it's not really uh, spectacular, but it was uh, very enjoyable, and it's cool that it's, it's still going after all this time. Her costume is different on the cover, too. I it is yeah. it is it's, and it's a it's a god awful costume by the way. Well, she designed it's... it herself, so yeah, it's bad. She's not the wasp or anything. I know, yeah, yeah. I was I was curious when they were talking about um she's got to come up with a new code name. I was curious if they were going to pull out any of the old regular Marvel universe old Kitty Pride code names like Sprite. Oh yeah, they should have done yeah. that. Or Shadowcat oh, or whatever. Yeah. I thought she was Shadow. What is she? Is she just she's, Kitty Pride? Just Kitty Pride now. Yeah, oh. she's just Kitty Pride. I always, I always thought she was Shadow Cat, but well, that, that's what she was for the majority of the time. But for a while, she was just Kitty Pride. Then she was Sprite. Then she was yeah, it was weird. She's like know. she's like Carol Danvers. When she yeah, when she had that Sprite, the, when she was Sprite, she had that awful mid eighties like day glow costume, and it was just it was bad. It was just bad news. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. And it, I think it's interesting that that Bendis you know wrote is writing Kitty so well. I mean, because Kitty Pride is quietly one of like, I think a lot of creators' favorite characters in the Marvel universe. She's one of your favorites, reason. isn't she? Yeah, she is. I mean, she that, is. Yeah. I think and that I, must come from the fact, like, of when she showed up. She, she popped up in the yeah. Dark Phoenix saga, and it's like such a yeah. seminal moment. And she was such a, it, she was like the example of that idea that that mutant, the mutant gene is like puberty, or you know what I mean? That yeah, yep, exactly, yep, and and confusing and and dealing with it and all that kind of stuff and. And then, you know, from Dark Phoenix on, she's just always been this... I mean, because, of course, she's very smart, and she's very dedicated, and then she's very prideful, you know, regardless of what the... You know, and and she's always been, you know, whether it's the whole thing with Colossus or Wolverine taking care of her or, you know, all the... You know, I mean, I I, I started reading the X-Men books before I read Dark Phoenix Saga, and I, I was introduced to Kitty through Excalibur, and I, I fell in love with her there because she was just, like, she was... She's, for some reason... You know, some magic was struck with this character that that makes you want to root for. Her, and you think you know? that that carries through to the Ultimates? Um, I think I think it has. I mean, it, mainly in what Bendis has been doing. Not so much, I think, in, in actually what, what the various other people in Ultimate X Men have done. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really I think interesting. In, in, he writes yeah, her really, Bendis, really, really well. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's when, he, when I mean, like what you know, Whedon has said that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is basically Kitty Pride. Yeah, right. You know, like that that was the model for Buffy, and a lot of people know, seem so. to like Buffy. Yeah, what so, I hear. And they really like Kitty. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Yeah. So. Um. Cool. Huzzah! Yes. Uh, uh, 
I was going to say, can you contrast that versus the other Spider-Man book this week? I was about to. Um, <laughs> I read the. Uh, we talked a few few of these ago about um, the new sensational Spider-Man with Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and Angel Medina on pencils. Uh, I paused and almost bought it. And you didn't... know what? I don't think you missed anything. Oh, good. I, I. You know what? I'm not going to say it was necessarily bad. It just. It just felt like it was an also ran. Like it was like the same kind of thing that I've read and I'm not terribly impressed by. It was like a, a big fight scene where like the lizard is back and he's eating people and now there's there's a lizard boy, like his son is also changed into the lizard, but he anyway. But the the art which I was kind last last time I was reading it, I was kind of like, Oh, it's 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 like McFarland's, it's kinda of fun, it's it's uh sort of that old style art. That that feeling kinda of left me because it's it's too over the top. And I had a little hard time following what was going on, and I think sometimes I had a hard time uh, even knowing what I was looking at. Like, there's there's a, a one picture of, of the black... What is this? No, literally, there's a picture of... The, <laughs> is this a building or a There's a, a picture plane? of the black cat and the lizard sort of coming together, like like they're charging at each other, and she's holding... I guess she's holding, like, a purse. What? And I just stared at it for a really long time, and I couldn't tell what it was. It, and it's like a bag full of jewels now that I'm, like, looking at it, like, see, but for the longest time, like it, it just there's a lot of really weird renderings in here, and I think in a lot of places it's not the best kind of storytelling art. It's it's sort of big and detailed and overwrought and everything. But at the end of the day, like there's places where I couldn't follow it very well, and and I I, I think it's the style of it. But I I don't know. It, it just wasn't as much fun as it, as I thought it would be. So, and I know the story was just. This Peter Parker, I can really see why people are gravitating towards the ultimate one because this Peter Parker is just weighed down with all sorts of stuff. I just and don't like the older Peter Parker. Yeah, that's I don't what I mean. Find them as interesting as, as young. And when Bendis writes him in like New Avengers, he's, he writes him like the young Peter Parker. So I right. find that one more interesting. That's exactly. Like, what in I the was regular thinking. books, he's like, you know, a middle middle twenties adult guy. There's not inter- nothing interesting about him. No, not really, and and like, and I was noticing that that in this one, uh, May and Mary Jane and Peter all live in the Avengers Tower. Right. Does anyone know the the justification for that? Because his his identity is not known, so they have yeah, John, no, the, 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 John Jameson comes to visit them, and I'm like, they're in the Avengers Tower. I mean, yeah. Well, well, the, technically, it's 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 Stark Tower, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it's it's part. It was partially in the beginning to protect them. Um, because when the when the whole new Avengers thing happened, all the the majority of the people who busted out of the the raft were Spider Man villains, right? Um, and and I think something happened in one of the other books where their apartment got destroyed or something. Something happened. Sure. So it, it began as protection, and then just most recently, um, Stark uh, in the beginning of the Civil War stuff that's building up for uh, Marvel, the first. The first step kind of happened in the last issue of Amazing, and that's where Tony Stark gave um, Spider-Man the spider, the new spider armor. Mm-hmm. And but also in that issue, he basically hired him to be like his number two, to be like his his assistant. And that that further justifies why they live in Stark Tower. So Peter Parker is so. Tony Stark's assistant then. Well, not a, not assistant, but he he said he wants it like yeah, but he work, now he officially now Peter Parker officially works for Tony Stark. Under what auspices? Because Peter science Parker was probably, a teacher. Science. science, yeah. He said, I mean, I'll dig up the, I mean, I'll dig up this issue. And I mean, I'll, I'll and give you the justification. That makes sense. <laughs> but like I see, like in this issue, you have John Jameson standing at the front desk, and there's a big fat Avengers A on the thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but now it's the now it's the home of the Avengers. But the thing is, it's a huge, it's a it's a huge freaking skyscraper. It's like Trump, it's like Trump Tower, and the top being with the Avengers headquarters. Yeah, right. And, and again, it. he's been like the. So are his money problems over now then? 
Sure, he's he's in the Avengers. Well, here here we go. 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 So basically, in a chess move attempt to get to get Spider-Man's allegiance in the up, in the upcoming rift that's going to happen in the Civil War. Um, Stark says to Peter, Peter, I've taken a special interest in you from the day I invited you to come here. You and MJ and May, you're like family to me. Mm-hmm. He says, um, I want to hire you out in the open full-time as my second, my protege. I want you to go where I go, see what I hear, hear what I hear. I need someone I can trust implicitly to back me up. Huh. So. I got it. And who wrote that? that you're... Um, Straczynski. It's interesting because if you think about it, that's a really... Sort of smart way to move the character forward if you want to. Sure. Well, th- well, well and that, how that, long? That's the th- Go ahead. They, they've, then that's the thing is they've been stuck with that because for years he was you know Peter Parker photographer and student and then he was just kind of photographer and then they tried to bring him back to his roots by making him a teacher at his old school right. and and the thing is they couldn't make that last because he kept on showing up showing a school all beat up and everything mm-hmm. and it just didn't and and he's honestly professionally been floundering i mean i've wondered how he paid the rent for for years now. well the other thing that they keep they keep going around is that mary jane for you know what must be 20 years now has been a supermodel and an actress you would even think they would have no money problems even right, if yeah, exactly. even if you don't do that well um yeah you can you're still all right yeah and and so yeah. like that poverty thing doesn't really work for them right. i mean and they try to keep it back to it so i think that what what you can do now stylistically with the character is to take him from being guy in the world who's having a hard time getting by to guy like it's fish out of I mean it's fish out of water basically in that like now he's going to be in this superhero in addition yep. to being like in the Avengers where he feels like like the young guy who doesn't know anything he's also in like the business world or the you know the high scientific world he's still the same guy right exactly so yeah. that, that's an interesting way to do it I guess yeah I know does he have the new armor in this book no which which is which is interesting because there we go with continuity because in amazing he's got the new armor he know, so. he doesn't and he he doesn't mention it or anything yeah. that's silly because apparently according to amazing he's run out of costumes <laughs> <laughs> oh well why um and, and i th- i think at one point like when 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 he's asking tony why did you make me new armor he's like well i see that you're out of it you know uh, you were out of costumes, and he's like, he's like, right, but I, you know, I can make another one. And then Stark says, "Come on, Peter, it was just cloth." <laughs> like Stark can't believe he didn't put in like some protection and all this kind of. You know. But so, he doesn't need it. Anyway. Right? Exactly. It's like, it, let me think if I can if I can come up with an analogy. Let's see. If you were a mage, and you weren't allowed to wear, say, mail armor. Or plate armor because your powers uh, make it so you don't have to. What, what did you guys have? You guys seen the armor? What do you think of it? I haven't seen it. No. I, I, it's I don't know. I'm I'm torn. I mean I'm, I'm I'll I'll ride with it because I know it's not going to be permanent because there's no way they're going to take him away from his standard costume, especially with another movie coming out. Huh. But um, but I don't know. It's just a little too red and gold for me. I but will whatever. say this: it never I, works I, when they change the color. Right. Right. Well, the black thing worked for a long time. Well, the black thing was awesome. Why? And why is that like always the exception? I think because it was just so cool. It was a really, it was a, really great design. That's why. Yep. That was a great design. Yeah. I will say this: um, leading into the Civil War, I had no interest in, in it previously, but now I think I'm really interested in it, and I'm not sure why. It's it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be good. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a fair chance. I'll probably buy the whole miniseries. So oh. I, I can I just buy the miniseries? I think so. Okay, because I'll do that, but I don't want to buy like a billion books. I don't buy. No, no. And, and, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not buying every book that's linked. That's linked to it either. I'm probably going to buy the miniseries and whatever books I normally read, and then just fill in the blanks. But, 
But I, d- I doubt that they're, they're going to make it so that you need to buy everyone. You know, everyone. That's just ridiculous. So yeah, really. that's what I'm going to do too. I'm going to buy that and then just the regular books and maybe one of the one or two of the specials or the miniseries. But uh, like the Runaways, um, Young Avengers miniseries, I might buy that one. But that's about it. Hmm. All right. Well, good for you. Thank you. <laughs> this week was kind of slow, comic wise. Yeah, it was boring. I had a, I had the busiest week of my life, and I didn't even get to pick up my comics until like Friday. I read them all last night and wrote the thing. Um, I was in jury duty <laughs> all week. Sucked the hell out of my time, but we didn't let a hooker go. Wait, we did let a hooker go. It's okay. Nice, good for you. Well, who's she hurting? <laughs> so uh, let's see what's been going on on the site. People have been talking about the X Men trailer. Aye. I bet you uh, love that one. It was good. I mean, it, it it made me less worried about the movie. Now, I mean, I I I I got the chills that I that I want to get when I watch the trailer. You know, it is a, it is a really good trailer. I've I know through experience that, you know, the the trailers don't necessarily a really good trailer doesn't necessarily make a really good movie, but right. it always helps. Right. Like there's just um, but the thing they keep coming up in the on the site is is about Storm and people are not happy about her seeming to be the leader. Which would seem not to make sense, and she was she was the leader for a long time, was she not? Well, yeah, well, she well in the books, she there was a there was you know the 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 original X Factor years when um like issue issue two hundred one there was the the um, issue two hundred one of Uncanny X Men was the classic issue, and if you've, you've you've probably seen the cover where it's Storm versus Cyclops, and it says who will lead them, where they have a fight in the Danger Room to see who's going to be the leader, which I thought was just like. Even as a kid, I always thought it was the oddest way to decide who'd be the leader. Like, for, like especially this family type team for them to be yeah. like, "Well, I want to lead the team. Well, I want to lead the team. Well, let's fight and see who wins." It's like, it's just, like it's instead of rational discussion, right? Yeah, it just it just seemed very it just seemed like a very odd way to deal with the, the or of poor vote. leadership skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, but needless, for it. needless to say, um, uh, I, I believe Storm wins, and so Cyclops walks away from the team, and then um, he forms X Factor, doesn't he? Well, no. Then then Gene then Fen- then uh, Reed Richards finds Jean on the bottom of Jamaica Bay, and and she's resurrected, and so then they decide to form X Factor, and so there's like you know eighty or ninety issues of Uncanny where you know Cyclops was completely on a different team. Admittedly, there are the no short. Happened. There are no short explanations in the X Men. No, there isn't. But so to. so and then and then when you know when the 1991 X Men reboot you know with, with Claremont and Jim Lee and the whole and they introduced adjectiveless X Men. Um, they split the team into two teams, and one team was led by Cyclops, and one team was led by Storm, and that's pretty much been the status quo since. Um, but the but the Storm comic book character, yeah, uh, is is much more. Uh, well, well, I mean, it, th- yeah, that's the thing is that the question is is that I, I don't think people have a problem with Storm as a character much as as much as they do as Halle Berry as Storm. Um, and even further, I mean, I might need to watch the trailer again. I was kind of doing a million things when I did originally watch it, but I didn't really get the feeling that she was thrust to the fore- forefront of the team as a leader, though. You know, she is. How do you know that? I mean, you can tell from the well, not just from the trailer, but also from reading things about the story. But um, well, she's a star. I mean, she's a she's a name. You know, that's what that's the objection. It's more the fact that because she's a name, they're doing this to the story, right? But she and plus she she's and she's an awful name too. She's an awful name. She's awful. I can't stand her. Her her like her 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 portrayal of the character is not one of leadership or being like it's just it's very bland. There's nothing to it. Right. There's it's. I mean, no wonder they kept her in the background. She's not doing anything. Right. She's not interesting. One thing I th- I found from the trailer that I thought was cool is that uh, the the whole juggernaut thing seems less silly. 
Like, the the shot of him chasing Kitty Pride looks awesome. I mean, yeah. like, that, Kitty running through the walls and uh, then just yeah. breaking through the walls. Like, that was awesome. Like, that's, that's what I wanted to see. And that's, and like, all of a sudden, the the visual appeal of him and everything sort of comes together. Like, oh, it, okay, it makes sense. It doesn't look as silly now as when he just stands there. Like, when he stands there, like, he looks kind of silly. Yeah, like that shot but, in his trailer, which just is embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway. But, it's no, good that Emily DeRaven from Lost didn't get cast as, as Kitty. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Who is Kitty? Somebody. Some girl. Somebody I don't else. know. Who knows? It's a th- it's the third different Kitty in the third in the movie. I just think uh, the movies don't hold her nearly the esteem that you, that that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like who's gonna play her? Who cares? Uh, who cares? Just get some brunette girl. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Throw, throw a star David on her neck. Okay, great. Go. <laughs> um. Oh, that's awful. I, said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think it was a good trailer, definitely. And I'm I, excited for the movie, man. I'm I'm there. I'm going to go. Obviously, I'll be there with you opening day. But yeah. um, I just you know I can't shake the Brett Ratner effect. And he see the thing is here's the thing. He has to prove me wrong. Right. You know, at this point, he gets no more benefit of the doubt. Right. He, he may, maybe he'll pull it off, and maybe I'll be proved wrong. And then if it is great, because I'll it'll, it'll be a, a great movie. day. Here's but a, he has to earn it. He hasn't earned it yet. Here's a question: How much sleep at night do you think that guy's getting? <laughs> Not much. Not I much. Mean, he's got to be he like, talks about it in every interview. He's being slammed on the, on the internet, and I'm like, just don't uh, worry about it. Uh, well, it's easier it's easier said than done. Well, right. that's I mean, that's something is that if he if he's so aware of of the criticism of him on the internet, I don't see that as a good sign. Because even if he says I'm aware of it and it's pissing me off, but I'm not letting it affect my work, you, you know he's letting it affect. Well, no, I don't think he said it's, he's aware of it. It's pissing him off. He's saying it's hard not to look, or it's hard not to be curious what they're saying, or it's hard. He not sounded to, yeah. pretty sad about it in one of the interviews I read. About well, because I think I think he saw the initial reaction. He saw the initial reaction, and then Singer told him, "Listen, you just can't." Apparently, Singer called him, said you just got to ignore it, and, and I guess he's been doing that since. So. But still, that, that to me means it's in his mind, which means it will oh, yeah. somehow either directly or indirectly affect his decisions and his actions. Yeah. Which maybe maybe is a good thing in his case. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's he's not good. He's, well, I, I mean, mean, again, you know, the this, uh, the one the one thing that made me worry about this movie that still has me worried about this movie is that um, I, I forget where I read it, and it might have been Wizard, so just deal with that. Um, <laughs> but they were they were saying they were saying how you know seemingly you know X two ended you know by opening the door for X three to be about Dark the, Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, and they ignore and, it. And no, and and I think it was Avi Arad or whatever his name, you know the the you know crazy Marvel guy, and he just like he's like yes it did, but you know we could do that story, but you know so Phoenix comes back and then she goes evil and they fight her and then what? What does that leave you with? And I was just like, oh my god, like he just completely <laughs> dismissed the greatest comic book story of my lifetime, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> I did read that. I think that was in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it might have been. Might, oh, yeah, it might have been in that Entertainment Weekly article. Yeah. So um, after and, you finished it, where did it leave you? Where yeah, you? no, it's like, what, what does that, what does that do for us? And it's just like, well, well, no, it's like, it's good. Reaction, like, wait a minute. So instead, we're going to do an, another mutant registration cure yeah. mutant story that we've done that we did, did in the first movie? one. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, oh. I could, I could do a Batman story where he's old and he has to come back and recruit a new Robin and fight a gang of mutants and finally kill off the Joker. Where are you at the end of that? Right, exactly. It says it's been done. <laughs> what do you have since they're not planning any further films. Or, or, except for the fact that apparently Vinnie Jones is signed through six, the sixth movie. <laughs> oh, 
Well, they uh, said they were planning a young X Men movie. Yeah, and they're, they're planning. Yeah, they're planning like a prequel, and then supposedly they're planning a, a Wolverine movie, and then supposedly they're planning a Storm movie. Which is, by, is which, Hugh Jackman going to do a Wolverine movie? Apparently, yes. yeah. Apparently, it's like written. Apparently, they're all he's, set to he's go. Psyched for it because yeah. he's the, still be the star. Yeah, but like, and a Wolverine movie could be fun. Could be good, you know, because you know, you just, and anytime he yells and pops the claws, it's exciting. by the way in the trailer. He he's the best. He is at what he does. Yeah, he does yeah. Remember how excited we were for the mansion uh, fight? Yeah. And I watched it again a couple of weeks ago, and it's like again thirty. It's like thirty seconds. I mean, it was yeah. admittedly a lot better than the first X Men movie, where Wolverine's just this big wuss who gets beat up every time. Like he didn't win one fight in the in the in the first movie. Does um, he not? No, he he's watched X One again. He's like a complete like he's just like he a kicked Rogue's ass. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but then there was that there then there was that thirty seconds in X Two with the with the invasion. But I'm hoping you know the X Three will have more. But um, but the Storm movie just would be pointless. I, Did I they mean, not see Catwoman? Do they not know how that's gonna go? Oh God! But the thing is, I can't even think of a compelling story to fill ninety minutes for a Storm. Well, certainly not uh, Jean Grey going evil. Right? Yeah, that's for sure. So. Well, you know, maybe she'll, maybe she'll. You think Halle, any chance Halle Berry will adopt the white mohawk? That would be cool if they if they if they took her the punk rock way. That would be very cool. That would be very very cool. So I don't see it happening. That was a great that was a great story arc when she went crazy like that. It never really made sense, but she just went she just went batshit crazy. Claremont write it. Yeah, that's why it didn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like she got into a knife fight with Callisto, and it was just like it was it was awesome. It was great. It was really cool. So. And then Did she, they explain why she went crazy? Well, it was something like she, you know, she it has to do with her claustrophobia and how she, like, her personality was keeping her within, and she felt the need to. Her powers were expanding, and you know, and so she needed to, you know, and she met up with, um, she met up with that Japanese girl who Logan's friends with, and I forget her name now. Eureka. Um, yeah, it might be Eureka. Ooh, look and, at that! And they and they go off on a they go off on you know this Japanese adventure, and then she just feels alive, and uh, so she gets a mohawk and starts wearing spikes. And I think it was I think it was more I think visually it was more a sign of the times, you know. But it was it, it was interesting. It was cool. So I don't know. I, I always like that storm. That's one of my favorite incarnations of storm. So that and a short hair storm after Extinction Agenda. Let's start an online petition to get the mohawk into the storm movie. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's do that. We'll you start get on, a movement. You get on that. I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sure the X3 talk will intensify as we get closer to the summer. Yeah, look how long we went. We don't know anything. Exactly. Um, what have we got for listener mail? Listener mail. We had a big week for listener mail, and unfortunately we can't get to it all because, um, you know, a lot of it just wasn't appropriate. The by the way, which podcast. is awesome. Yeah, we by the just, way, thank you. Keep sending it in. Much. Yeah, we just had too much to go through. Um, but we did get one email from uh, VJ, who, um, like He's everyone... St. Louis. In St. Louis, yeah. Like everyone else, he's a big fan of the podcast, which thank you. Uh, his question is, what books would we recommend to help get some of his friends more into comics or even back into comics? Whenever he shows them a superhero book like Ultimate Spider-Man, Daredevil, New Avengers, JLA, Batman, etc., they say those comics are quote-unquote kid stuff. What comics would you suggest to my friends to get them more interested in comics? I was thinking Walking Dead, but what else would be good? I think a lot of it depends on what they're into. Yeah, that was what I was going to say, too. If they're into, like, uh, crime stuff, then... or relationship stuff. There's, I mean, it's all different kinds yeah, of Yeah, I mean, like, if they're, if they're, well, let's, I mean, if they're into crime stuff, show them any of the early Bendis stuff, like Jinx or Torso, or, like, or Stray Bullets by David Lapham, um, our, our friend Dave Lapham. Um, I, think, I, I worry a little about the early Bendis stuff because, because it's black and white and it's kind of, like, raw right. for people, I think, sometimes. I don't know, um, my, my, I've had, I've shown people who don't like comics and they like them. 
No, no. It, well, it's good, but it can it can turn some people off. So well, if it takes, starting it takes off, a jump. Yeah. If they're starting off with a heavy bias already, it's kind of a weird one. Um, one one good thing is that if there are any properties that they already like now, like any t- types of characters where they're a, a licensed comic book for, you know, like there are G.I. Joe comics out there, there are Transformers comics out there, there are, you know, like Warcraft comics, you know, like... There's... I disagree with that entirely. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's... Those it... comics are never good. Right, but but it's a but it's a it's 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 a way to ease people into I don't know I I don't know what his friends are but like. But if so. you come in, but if you come in with something like if you really like you know like there's uh, yeah I can see you be dis- disappointed. You yeah. can really turn them off right then because yeah. it's like what the hell is this? I would say, I would say why uh, the last man? Why the last man's a great one. Uh, yeah. Another one is preacher. Yeah, preacher's good. Preacher is a good one. That's a good point. Preacher, if if they're smart and they like um, science fiction at all, the Transmetropolitan. I'm thinking these are all adult comics for the most part. So if they, well, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's, that's the thing. It depends. It really depends on the audience and kind of what kind of level they're at. And you know, and I'm trying to think of good stories that happen to have been comic books. You know, Transmetropolitan I mean? is a really good place to go. Um, He's right about Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead. Walking probably. Dead is is an excellent idea. Oh, you know, you know what? Also, in the same vein, of Walking Dead would probably be Dead at Seventeen, which is a great indie series that was basically like a horror movie. Which was mm-hmm. colorful and and it's got cute girls and half shirts and stuff like they that. They just announced so. that that's going uh, regular series. Oh, good, good. If they like, um, if they like, uh, sort of relationship books or something, or just sort of slice of life books, I think Box Office Poison is a great way to go. Yep. I've gotten a lot of people to read that who didn't read comic books. Um, if they're into sort of smart relationship stuff, Andy Watson. Yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a very sort of. Uh, Stylistically interesting and sort of, it doesn't feel like a kids' comic book at all. It's very, it's very sort of modern and, and intelligent. Um, I really I'm like. Away. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, was just, I really like the losers. Yep. For um, like action adventure type. If they like like action adventure movies, like big you know, blockbuster shoot 'em ups. Yeah. Or what? What? I mean, the first, the first two trades of um, the Authority. In that regard, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, as for it's what, superheroes. But yeah, but it's, but, but it's, it's a different it's, take on it. You know, it's, like, it's, it's poking a thumb into the eye of superheroes. So what right? I would do, if, what I would do if I was him, was I would try to ease in with the stuff that's not superheroes. Mm-hmm. And if they do take to it, then that's when I would switch to get to the right. authority or invincible or things that um, are things that are superheroish. Right. For you know, I, I try to ease in with the completely non-superhero stuff first. Yep. The daddy of all of them uh, would be if you really wanted to show them that a comic book can be serious, would be Mouse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pedro and Me. It makes Pedro and Me is a great one. From Uh Hell, if they're really Pedro and Me is a really good one because it's it's like you said, it's a property they already know and understand. That's true. Pedro and Me might be a really good choice. Oh, you just referred to it as a property. (laughs) Real World on MTV is not a property. Yeah, I guess it is, but I feel bad because it's a brand. The guy died. I know. Well, when you read it, I don't think there's any. Yeah, no, no. Um, Licensing going on. You can't get the T-shirt. How about uh, the <laughs> Thanks movie, Road to Perdition? Oh yeah, Road, or or one. History of Violence, History, oh. which I need to read. I have to. Yeah. I, I want to read. That. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of great, or a lot of great movies that were comic books that we don't even. You're not Sin even City, aware. Ghost World, Sin City, V for Ven- V for Vendetta, which is coming out next week. V for Vendetta is yeah. Is if they're into politics and stuff like that, that's really they'll blow them away. Like especially now with all the stuff that's going on politically. But we if won't you talk like, about if that. if they like stuff that's if they like stuff that's funny, uh, um, Battle Pope. It's kind of more wacky, and I don't think it's comic booky at all. But you can go to Evan Evan uh, Dorkin's Milk and Cheese, which yeah. I always thought was hilarious. Yep. Um, tons. Of, oh, you know. Oh, I know what a really good one is. Uh, Bendis's Fortune and Glory. 
Oh yeah, that's that's a fun read because it's got Hollywood and it's got yeah. yeah yeah. So it's a story of Bendis trying to break into comics or trying to break into movies because they try to buy some of his comic properties and how it never worked out. And and I think it's been about five or six years since it came out, and we still haven't seen anything. <laughs> well, according, to, according to his last Fincher last book, he's, he's he's on the fast track now. Right, yeah. but which would be good. But that's a great one. Um, he, he could be on the fast track into a wall. So yeah, exactly. We've seen that happen a lot. American Splendor. Yep. Yep. Uh, what else? I'm looking on my shelf. Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned it briefly before, but like Ghost World or anything by like Daniel Close, which is you know kind of offbeat, wacky, kind of reality art school kind of observationy stuff. But it's you know that's I've I've always enjoyed his stuff. In so, that in that vein, there's, there's Optic Nerve by Adrian Tumine. Yep. When it comes out. Um. But it's all, it's all really depends on what your friends are into. Right. I mean, yeah. You've got to tailor it, it for that. If, if, um... Basically, we just explained a comic book store. So... <laughs> there's I mean, some, there's really, something in there for everybody. <laughs> any good comic store you could go in, and, and they should be able to tell you that, because that should be their bread and butter, but to get new business is to find these gateway comics, these things. But also, that, if they're your friends, they should trust your... Judge, right. your judgment that these aren't kids' books and they should at least give them a chance. Right. And, then, you know, there are some people who, 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 who won't give it the time of day. I mean, like... My mother will not understand that there's such a thing as animation that's not for kids. She doesn't get it. It just doesn't compute in her head. And that might be, they might suffer from that kind of thing. And if so, then you should look for some new friends. No, yeah, just, don't, just, don't talk kidding. to those dorks anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We all are different in our own special way. Shall we hold hands at this point? Are you worried about getting an email from his friends? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you badmouthed us. We're going to take you down. You son of a bitch. Anyway, so. Um, so, yeah, so thank you, VJ, for the email. Thank you, everybody else who emailed us. And if you want to email us your question, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Wait, I got, I, got, I got two more. You got two more what? I got two more books. I just have to because I just looked over and I saw them. 300. Oh, Yes. Uh, 300. Oh. If you like historical books or you like history or anything like that, 300 is excellent and also um, bloody. Uh, huh? It's also bloody. So they it's like incredibly violence. bloody. It's beautiful. It's art. It's totally art. It's not childish in the least. Uh, from hell. We right. said that. Yeah. Oh really? Yep. Yes. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Just thinking about my own thing. I just, just listen to your own voice, basically. I, got my I love the sound of my voice. Anyway, so if you want to email us, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Um, our other way for you to contact us, um, aside from the site, ifanboy.com, where you can come and chat about comics with us, is the Frapper map. Connor, how's that been looking? We're at 83. We had a huge week. Explosion. You all responded to our request last week as the slow drive to 100. Thank you. And keep it up. You, all of you are beautiful, <laughs> beautiful people. <laughs> Except so, Montana. <laughs> so we're up to 83 people, which is way more people than we can actually shout out individually. So, so we'll just add a couple of highlights. One being Mike Revis from Greenwood, South Carolina, who says he digs the podcast. But he says we should tone down the anti-Canada speak. Josh. Yeah. I was never anti-Canada. I was more making fun of the idea that we that Americans make fun of Canada like that. It was an ironic self-referential thing, really. It was postmodernist Canada bashing. Plus, Canada girls are hot. He also wanted to really? know what, what we think about Marvel Zombies, and I haven't touched any of those books. I. I keep trying to, but I missed the first couple, and I've looked to try to find the back issues, and I can't find them. So, so when there's a trade, I will read it. Yeah, maybe we'll check it out. And we'll, because be it's Kirkman. And it's yeah. zombies, and we know he can do that. And we also got John from Plainfield, Illinois. We got a bunch from Illinois, actually. Um, they must be spreading the word. 
which is nice. But John from Plainfield, Illinois says, talk more about Runaways. And we would love to talk more about Runaways if it didn't suck so much. Ow! <laughs> He's planted his stake in the ground. <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. It just hasn't really mattered. You know, like that, that first, the first, the first series of it mattered, and the second series has just kind of just been more the, the same. same. Yeah. Sort of like Thunderbolts used to be. A Does lot like Thunderbolts. That? Yeah. And Thunderbolts actually, was for about 25 issues. It was like, this is great. And then, eh. And actually, ironically, this week, um, one of the books I did pick up was the, was the, the quote unquote hundredth issue of Thunderbolts. Which Why quote unquote? Because they've can't. It's it's the Marvel renumbering. They've canceled it uh, so many times. And this is the original. You know, like they they they're that's back. bullshit. Yeah, I know it is. I agree. <laughs> but um, Connor's throwing. He's no. I'm making a stand here. That's that, my stake. No, I agree. I, I agree. We've talked about that before. I, I can't stand the Marvel renumbering. But um, but talk about a hundredth issue that just doesn't mean anything. Like it's just it's this so convoluted now. What's going on with these characters and everything? It just, is it the same characters. Yeah, yeah, no, Zemo's back in it, and Songbird, and Mach 5, and all those, you know, all those people, you know, but... Are they just... good guys or bad guys now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's hilarious. But, um... <laughs> And and honestly, I don't know why I still write it. I keep. I, I mean, I don't. I don't write the book. You've been the fault of this. I, I've been writing it. No, me, you could just call me Fabian Nicenza. Um, no, uh, why well, I've been he's reading. Still it. writing it too. Yeah, he's still writing it. Good God. Um, I I don't know why I still read it because I'm hoping that it will go back to the the greatness that it was when it first started. But it's talk, not going to. It just doesn't well, matter. Like there was the twist, and then what? Exactly, and then then redemption and the whole Hawkeye, we can be heroes and that kind of thing. But it just doesn't matter. So, but it was cool because it was a hundred. It was a hundred, a hundred page, hundredth issue, and it had all the all the origin stories behind it, which was kind of fun. There were some old Thunderbolt stories that I forgot about back in the nineties that were fun to read. Um, so I don't know. It was so fun. they reprint issues. Well, yeah, they did. Marvel does that with these hundredth issues. Is that they they have like the thirty the the twenty two page issue, and then they pack it with like origins and and re- you know reprints, which is which is funny because it makes because I because like. I have got a whole bunch of old X-Men books from the 60s, and I used to love... They used to be in the Marvel books, and I don't know if they did in DC as well, but there used to be like these um, one to two to three page little vignettes about the characters. Like, how does Cyclops' visor work? Yes, and, yes. Y- know. You know, and like, and, and a day in the life of Marvel Girl. And it was just like, it was fun, because it was just like these ad, you know, these added little bits. And, and um, they also... And I do remember them reprinting, like, or, like when there was a key character in that story, they reprint like their origin in an, like, in a, in an extra special issue or something like that and that was always fun to read so I don't know I like that tradition I don't know how much the book was though how much was it how much did I pay for that Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine for hundred pages? That's not that bad. That's not bad. Yeah. If it was like six bucks but you are and you already own the issues, that would be silly. But right, yeah, exactly. And I don't know I don't I don't own all of these issues. There was there was like the Beatles origin, which is not in Thunderbolts, which you know. The so. Beatles? Yeah. The Beatle. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I re- I heard the same thing. They met at a county so. Anyway, so um so yeah, so runaways, so as soon as runaways starts getting better, maybe we'll talk about it. Who knows? Well, although we just did kinda. Well, yeah, kind of. So, there. No, we didn't. We talked about Thunderbirds. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. <laughs> Thunderbirds. Let's talk you about Thunderbirds. Boy. <laughs> I haven't bought... I only buy Runaways and Trades, so I can't really add it, jump in until it comes out. I've but. bought every issue. It's exactly that. They're fun. I, don't, I haven't found anything spectacular. I haven't made it a pick of the week because it hasn't been worthy of it, really. Um, you know, I, I was only sort of halfway into that uh, Cloak and Dagger storyline. I was like, eh, I didn't really... But we did talk about that one time where where she where the girl beat up Wolverine. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. That's the last time they did something notable. 
Only as good as the last great thing you did. <laughs> That'll be on my tombstone. All right, guys, that's all it for this week. All right, so uh, please come to ifanboy.com and check out the discussion through the week and, uh, and tell us what you bought this week and what you liked and what you didn't like. And yeah, the pick of the week threads are always... Uh, yeah, always happening. Sp- they're freewheeling. Sp- Spider-Mav's always got something to say, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, take it easy. <laughs> Are you going to close with the Eagle song? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might hurt our indie cred. Keep, keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> Awful way to end. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> good night. Good luck. <laughs>